0: We're uh, turned to God's Word now, and uh, we've already got a little bit of a head start on the game because we, we proclaimed most of what we're going to read uh, just at the start of our service, which, is, which was just wonderful, um, and I just, it just took me back to that place, and I just thought to myself, you know, I wonder what it would have been like to have been there when, when, when the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface, and God spoke, and God said, let there be light. And boom! everything changed. We'll be thinking a little bit about that tonight. But we're going to read from John uh, 1. And it's uh, from uh, just reading the first five verses. And it's on page 1063 of our church Bibles. If, uh, if you would like to, to, to read along there. Uh, words will be on the screen as well, of course. Uh, reading from John 1 and the first five verses. And it says, in the beginning If you look at the footnote on your Bible, it says, or the darkness has not overcome it. So that's one uh, translation of that verse, the darkness has not overcome the light. I love the mystery. I love the mystery in here. and I love that we read this uh, most Christmases, and it's just a wonderful mystery to get caught up in God's creativity and light and love and, and all of that. But it's the first Sunday of Advent, and and, and this morning we lit our Advent candle, and uh, uh, today we're talking light. We're talking light. And we're continuing to look at our God given 2020 vision and mission priorities and uh, look at God's presence, His Word, His people, and His world. And tonight, so we're talking about light in the context of loving our neighbor, in the context of lighting up our world. And our neighbour can be in, in uh, of course, can be locally or overseas, can be in Castlereagh or Uganda, can be in Belfast or Mumbai or Porto or Athens. Or... And this morning, we, uh, Ruth helped us to, uh, Ruth from Tear Fund came and helped us to uh, learn a little and think a little bit more about what it means to love our neighbour overseas. But tonight, we're, we're going to be keeping it a little bit more local. We're going to be, but we, we have this thing about light, don't we? We have this thing about light, and especially at Christmas, we have something about light. I have here a picture of the Guinness Book record, uh, the Guinness Book of Records uh, holder for the residential property with the most Christmas lights on it. It's a little bit mad, isn't it? And um, I've maybe seen prettier ones, but this is the record holder. This has got the most. It's in LaGrangeville, New York. It took two months to set up. It cost £2,000 per month to run. Imagine having your electric bill, uh, you know. But $2,000 a, mo- uh, a month to run. And apparently it's got 602,000 lights on it. Over half a million lights on the one property. But tonight we're not talking about lighting up one house or one street or, uh, or, or one uh, neighbourhood. But we're talking tonight about lighting up a whole city. Lighting up a whole city as we love our neighbor. Let me just... Oh, there, sorry. thought I'd lost a bit of my notes there. We've just read the opening verses of John's gospel. And John, you see, chooses his words really carefully. This reference by John in John chapter 1 about light coming into the world, it mirrors Genesis chapter 1, doesn't it? Where God said, let there be light. And both Genesis and John start off in the beginning. So, so something would have resonated in the ears of his Jewish listeners. And they would have sat up and they would have paid attention. In Genesis 1 we read of creation and in John 1 we read of God starting Recreation. In Genesis 1, the climax is the arrival on the scene of, the hu- of human beings. In John 1, the climax is the arrival on the scene of the one who is fully human and fully God, Jesus Christ. Genesis 1 speaks of creation. John 1 speaks of the one who will usher in God's new creation. And in Genesis 1, it tells us in verse 2 that the earth was formless and empty and darkness is over the surface. And then God said, let there be light and there was light. The word created light challenged the physical darkness at creation. And now here, John speaks of the word who is the light coming to challenge the spiritual darkness that is still in our world. For who could listen to a single news bulletin or read a single newspaper and not conclude that we do indeed live in a dark world in dark times? Times of confusion, as Ruby prayed for earlier. Illness and death, murder and theft, loneliness and broken relationships, homelessness and hopelessness, wars and rumors of wars. We live in a dark world in dark times. There is much darkness in our world and there is much darkness in our city. But praise God for he, just as he acted to bring light and life to planet earth, so now in Christ he has acted again. He has acted to bring light and bring new life. To bring healing and wholeness. To bring peace and reconciliation. To bring help and hope. In the beginning, the earth was formless and, and empty and, and dark. And then God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and everything changed. Everything changed utterly. And in our world, in our city, in many people's lives, they're formless and void and dark. But through the birth of Jesus, through the birth of Jesus, God has, has again said, Let there be light. And the light of Christ comes to dwell in hearts and minds. And as he does, everything changes. Everything changes utterly. In the beginning, through Christ, creation was brought into being. And now, through his birth, a new creation is brought into being. And by letting Jesus, the light of the world, into our lives, we become new creations. The old, the dark goes. The new, the light comes. Jesus says in John 8, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in Matthew 5, Jesus looks at his followers and to them he says, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. And so, new creations with the light of Christ in us, we are called, commissioned, and sent to go and light up our world, to light up our city. The story is told of a young police officer who was sitting his final exams at Hendon Police College in North London. One of the questions on the exam paper was this. It said, you're on patrol in outer London when an explosion occurs in a gas main in a nearby street. On investigation, you find that a large hole has been blown in the footpath and there is an overturned van lying on its side. Inside the van, there's a strong smell of alcohol. Both occupants a man and a woman are injured. You recognize the woman as the wife of your divisional inspector who is at present away in America. A passing motorist stops to offer assistance and you realize that he is a man who is wanted for armed robbery. Suddenly another man runs out of a nearby house shouting that his wife is expecting a baby and the shock of the explosion has made the birth imminent. Another man is crying for help, having been blown into an adjacent canal by the explosion, and he can't swim. And then it said, bearing in mind the provisions of the Mental Health Act, describe in a few words what actions you would take. <laughs> well, the young officer, the young police officer, he thought for a moment and then he picked up his pen and he wrote. I would take off my uniform and mingle with the crowd. (laughs) We laugh, but as Christians, as Christians, isn't that what we're sometimes tempted to do? We walk out through those doors uh, and we're tempted to take off our Christian uniform, to, to just dull things down a little and to just mingle with the crowd. But Jesus says, no, no, you are the light of the world. Over behind our baptismal font, and it was just wonderful to welcome Isla and, uh, and Miles, Milo, Miles, and, and Isla to, to our church family this morning, wasn't it? Just wonderful. And, and so we've had our font out, but in behind our font is, is a light. There is a light in there, but that light is no good. It's no good. It's no good if it just stays in there hidden, is it? No, that light wasn't made to stay hidden. It was made to give light in the darkness. For it to do the job that it's intended to do, it needs to be brought out and to shine. And so do we. So do we. And so Jesus says in John here, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, Jesus starts by focusing on himself. He says, I am the light of the world. But then did you notice what he does? He shifts the focus. He shifts the focus over on the us. And he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So if we are following him, if we are his disciples, then we have the light of life. We have the light of life. He has handed us his light. He has handed us his light, and we are now carrying the light of the one who is the creator and the Christ. You see, being light, being Carrying the light for God into the world has always been what God's people have been about. That's what he created us and what he redeemed us for, to carry his light into the world. In Isaiah 49 verse 6, God says to his Old Old Testament people, Israel, he says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. And now in Matthew 5, he says to his New Testament people, that's us. He says to us, you are the light of the world. Jesus calls us to be light, to stand out for him in every situation, in every circumstance, whether at work, with our families, in our free time, wherever. We're to shine, we're to stand up, stand out for him as clearly as a uniformed police officer in a crowd of civilians. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul exhorts us to, to shine like the stars in the universe. Shine like the stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Shine like the stars in the universe. So, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, just before this exhortation to shine in Matthew 5, Jesus had been teaching his followers the Beatitudes. The kingdom values. And we'll be looking more comprehensively at the Beatitudes after Christmas. But to shine, we need to be tuned into God. We need to be intentionally living out the kingdom values, intentionally displaying the attitudes of the Beatitudes. Living lives that display humility, meekness, righteousness, mercy, purity, peace, and truth. That's how we let our light shine. By living out the Beatitudes, by living out the kingdom values. And of course, it's always done, done in the light of, if you'll pardon the pun, done in the light of what Christ has already done for us. We love because He first loved us. So then, where are we to let our light shine? We are we are to shine everywhere. We are to shine like the stars in the universe as we live out our faith in the workplace, amongst our families, and our neighborhoods, working, resting, playing, doing the shopping, socializing, studying, pursuing our hobbies. In all of these contexts, wherever we find ourselves, we are called to be light in our city. Yes, we are called to be light in our church as we care for one another. And we looked last month a little bit at how we care for one another as God's people. But we must resist the temptation of thinking that we're only being light when we're around the church building. Let's illustrate it like this. Let's say that these red dots represent us as Christians. And yes, as Christians, we must gather together for times of worship and teaching and fellowship. But then we also need to be scattered to be light out there. There's no good having all the lights gathered together in one corner, is there? Like the lights in the ceiling. It would be no use if they were all installed in just, say, one corner somewhere. No, because the rest of the church would be in darkness then. The lights are spread out so that the whole place is lit up. And like the stars scattered across the sky, we are to be lights scattered across our city. People scattered. That's what God wants for us throughout this Christmas season and beyond. And that's what this book that Gareth recommended to us this morning is all about. Scattered servants. I hadn't heard of it until this morning, but then I lifted it off the uh, the communion table before Gareth could get back to it. Gareth, I have it here, <laughs> safe. And I've been reading it this afternoon, and this is a great book. Folks, this is a great book. This book will fuel our vision at Orangefield. So let me also recommend Scattered Servants. Scattered Servants. That's what God wants us to be. Scattered, bringing the light of Christ to the people as we rub shoulders with them, lighting up our city. And not just this one building here in Castlereagh. We come together in a group for church activities, yes, of course, and that's vital. But then we scatter into our city and we rub shoulders with people who perhaps wouldn't be in church on a Sunday. We're to be light amongst our families and friends. You know, we have particular and, and, and wonderful opportunities over Christmas to, to be light, don't we? Amongst at, at family gatherings, let's go the extra mile to, to show our loved ones the, the light of Jesus. Jesus. And, and maybe also perhaps invite them along, yes, to, to something, some of our services that are on here over the next few weeks. We're to be light in our workplace. And again, at Christmas, we have opportunities to be light. We have opportunities handed to us on a plate at Christmas to talk about Jesus, to, to redeem the real meaning of Christmas. And you know, I was thinking about this, and one of the ways we can do this is really simple Christmas cards. Yes, I know some of us still send real Christmas cards, don't we? Yes, there's you know, Facebook cards and e-cards, and, but some of us still send real Christmas cards. And I suppose at the risk of offending those of you perhaps who sent me a card last year with Santa on, or those who may have a card written this year with the snowman on, I, want to, I won't be offended, so don't be offended. But why not this year take the opportunity that's presented to us at Christmas a- and send our families and friends and our colleagues and neighbors, why not send them a Christmas card that speaks of the Savior? Oh, come let us adore him. You can get tear fund available, available from a local Christian bookshop. Why not send cards that speak of Santa of that speak of the Savior and not Santa <laughs> and the snowman? All oh, the asses are got a bit tongue to tongue, tongue, tongue something yeah, let's be speaking about the Savior and not Santa or the snowman. An opportunity on a plate to let our light shine. We are to be light in our neighborhood, in our local shops, when we're out buying the groceries at the hairdressers. Yes, some of you go to the hairdressers, I know. Some more than others. When we're using whatever services are out there, when we're socializing in cafes and restaurants and, and, and using services and tradesmen, when we're exercising in the gym or playing in a local sports club, when we're studying or involved with the PTA, whatever, in all of these places, in every area of our city, in every area of our lives, Jesus commands us to carry his light. This is exactly what he's talking about in Matthew 5, about how you you and I can be a good influence, an influence for him through all of our lives in every area of our lives. Jesus says in verse 14 of of Matthew 5, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. A light on a stand, it, it's kind of really hard to miss, isn't it? It, it? It's really, yeah, you can't miss it. This is about being radiant, about shining brightly, about being unmissable for our Father in heaven with those people that we meet in the course of our day-to-day lives in every area in which we find ourselves in this city. We had our salt and light, our salt Christmas party here Uh, yesterday afternoon. Lots of fun for all. And big thanks to our salt teachers for that. But during our party we had a few songs and and one of the songs that the the children were singing was a familiar one to many. And it just did my heart good to hear the children singing it. And and it sort of confirmed to me as well that I was on the right page for this evening. And the closing verse of that little song says this, Jesus bids us shine, then for all around Many kinds of darkness in this world are found. Sin and want and sorrow, so we must shine. You in your small corner, and I in mine. You see, folks, I guess this is not something new that I'm saying, is it? But it's something that I think I probably individually and and maybe collectively as a congregation, we probably need to be reminded of every day. Jesus commands us to shine, not to hide our light, We are not to hide our light, but, you know, sometimes we're tempted to. And there's a couple of ways that I think we're tempted to hide our light. The first way we can hide our light is spiritually. Through the prophet Jeremiah, God calls the Israelites to seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. He says, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You see, we're called to pray for our city, to pray for Belfast. And sometimes we we can just not do that. We can so easily be praying for ourselves and for our church. And we fail to pray for our city. But the Bible calls us to pray for our city. To pray for the commercial life, the political life, the social life, the religious life of our city. And we need to do this. And we have opportunities to do this. And we have uh, one of the opportunities to do this is our Orangefield churches to gather united prayer breakfasts. These are opportunities for members of House of Worship and and St. John's and Glenburn Methodist to come together and to pray for every aspect of our city and of our community, to pray for our neighbors. And you know, the next one of these prayer breakfasts just happens to be on Saturday morning coming. You'll see the details on your church announcement sheet. The prayer breakfast is here between 9 o'clock and 1030 And I know that it will be getting busier coming up to Christmas, and Saturday will be busy, but it's an hour and a half that you'll hardly miss at the very start of your weekend. Why not spend it in unity with brothers and sisters from other neighboring churches praying for the peace and prosperity of our city together? These meetings have been really well attended and in the other churches over the past year. It will be great to see you there in the park hall this mo- on Saturday morning. And of course, yes, there will be some great breakfast to set you up for the day. And then our own church prayer meeting here on Wednesday evening at 7.30, where we again gather and we will pray. As part of our prayers, we will pray for our city. So let's not hide our light spiritually. Let's be praying for our neighbors, praying for our city. A second way, I think, and, and, and really quickly just looking at this, a second way that we can, I think, sometimes are tempted to hide our light is practically. In Matthew five sixteen, Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds. So this is about our good deeds. This is about practical action. This is about the proof of the pudding. About putting our money and our time where our mouths are about practically supporting our fellow citizens, our local businesses, our community initiatives. You see, if we don't show our support by doing good works amongst our neighbors, then we practically hide our light. Doing good, good works in our city will mean that as far as possible, we will, we will probably want to support our local retailers instead of doing our Christmas shopping online. It may mean putting something into the hamper ministry for someone who's struggling to make ends meet. Perhaps visiting an elderly, an elderly neighbor and running an errand for them. It's about being Jesus' hands and feet to our neighbors in our city. Or what about some random acts of kindness? Or what about paying it forward? You know, these are very powerful and contagious ways of letting our light shine. Let's not hide our light practically. Let us let our light shine prayerfully and practically just as I finish it tells us here in Matthew 5 that Jesus looked at his disciples a group of people from all sorts of different backgrounds and different abilities and he said you are the light of the world this evening here at Orangefield Jesus again looks out over his disciples Over you and me. A group of people with all different sorts of abilities. From different sorts of backgrounds. And he says you are the light of the world. And notice that this is not a suggestion. This is not you can be or you will be or you may be. And this is not an optional extra for those people that you think will be better at it than you are. No, Jesus looks at his disciples gathered here this evening, at you and me, at every single one of us, and he simply says, you are the light of the world. We have the light of Christ. We have the light of Christ, and we are called and commissioned and sent by him to go and carry his light everywhere we go in the days ahead. So this Christmas season, This Christmas season and in the new year ahead, in our homes and offices, in our schools and universities, in our factories and hospitals, in our gyms and sports clubs, let us shine for Jesus. Let us go and be the light of the world that he says we are. Shall we pray together for a moment? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are the light of the world. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. And we know, Lord, that we live in a dark world in dark times and we know too that there is darkness even in our own hearts. So we want to just take a moment to ask you to shine your your searchlight in our hearts to point out anything that we need to confess to you. And perhaps we've never confessed, perhaps we've never come to you. Lord, by your light, would you draw us to yourself tonight? Would you have mercy upon us and banish the darkness from our hearts? And let's just take a moment in the silence and in God's presence to confess our sins of thought and word and deed and to receive Christ's forgiveness and cleansing and healing. And Lord, as you forgive us for our sins and dispel the darkness of our hearts from our hearts, we ask that you would fill us with yourself. And so we take a moment to receive the light and life and love of Christ. Lord, you're the God of this city. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless and the peace to the restless. Would you continue to speak your word, pour out your Spirit, build your church, help us to respond to you, and use us however and wherever you will to carry your light, to light up this city during this Christmas season and always. We pray all these things in the power of the Spirit, in your beautiful name, and to the glory of our Father in heaven. Amen. Amen.